0: Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And today's episode is going to be the third part, and the final part of the book review of Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And um, if you didn't watch the last two parts, I suggest you do that first, of course. You don't want to be skipping parts here. But um, this, I think, is going to be a very interesting one, especially for you, Tiago, since you are more in this realm yeah, this of... Is my favorite one. ...realm of... Um, interest let's call it um and so part one was mind part two was spirit and now part three is the body so how you know practices for the body to instill stillness pretty much and um we jump right into i'll just go like the first chapter of this which is say no pretty much um this is just taking a bit to load okay here it is uh and so it gives a story of um a Roman Emperor, I guess, or, like, a war leader, where he had to invade someone, I think? Yeah, yet to... Okay, yeah, I, th- I think he was trying to conquer a city, but he... and he decided that the best solution, I think, was just holding, pretty much saying no to fighting, because, like, the other city would just, like, get left with no resources, and, you know, they would either die or fight very weak, eventually. But everyone, like, being the Roman Empire, they all wanted just go and conquer almost like a very ego-driven thing but but he knew like no i'm saying no but i think what happened is they kind of overthrew him and he just went and they kind of lost if i'm not mistaken yeah and then you have to call him back yeah again so he could fix it. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and this kind of like applying this or how does this apply to us is that a lot of times we have a very hard time saying no to things that we know that are not Are not gonna be that good or not priority, but we have like a fear of missing out or we feel like we can't say no. And what we end up doing is kinda like that. It's kinda we fuck up and then we have to go and fix it. While everything could have been avoided just by saying no. So and I feel like this it kinda it is hard because it's we all have that, you know, let's say a party is gonna happen, but you have a a very important project coming up. But every friend and every important person is going to that party. It's gonna be very hard for you to say no to that party, even though you know it's not the right thing, and you may even know that you're gonna regret it after, because you probably have done this in the past. But despite this, a lot of times we say like yes to these things when it should be saying no.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's like once again, I think this dates back to stillness, and he he even talks about it in the chapters like if you aren't able to be physically still, you cannot be spiritually and mentally still, and, and when it comes to making these kinds of decisions, I think it really boils down to that, because if you are like in, a, in a, a peaceful state of mind, where you you don't need anything, you aren't going to take those, you aren't going to make those decisions that will, will make you regret them in the future, you know, because you, you don't feel you need to go to that party, you, you don't feel that something is lacking. And that, that all, obviously that's like a really difficult uh, thing to achieve in life, it's not like always something we will always be chasing but you know it's something we need to try and when it comes to those decisions i mean it's really hard and i think like because this chapter talks a lot about like the the body and how it relates to how it affects your mind and your spirit like it's much easier for you to make the right decision when for example you feel good physically so if you it's it's the example like if you slept for eight hours or you slept for three hours you notice a difference that, that makes on your decisions yeah, in in the rest of your life like you are much much more at least me speaking for myself I'm much more likely to procrastinate to have uh, like only four hours of sleep or five hours of sleep uh, as opposed to like eight or nine mm-hmm. and so sometimes we discount how heavily that impacts us and our lives like those those like most those, that's the basic things you know eating good uh, doing exercise and sleeping you know and sometimes it may seem that that's like so basic and that your problems aren't because of that but like you'd be amazed that sometimes you just feel bad because you physically feel bad you know when someone is sick they may they may think that like they're psychologically bad but and they may be but that's into a degree because of the disease you know if they didn't have the disease they probably wouldn't feel like that and to to the same extent with your life it's like it's the same thing don't try to take it to a metaphysical place before like fixing it physically obviously some some troubles and some problems are going to be like psychological issues and, and things you, you can't just solve by by like doing physical activity and eating better and stuff. But you'd be surprised at the amount of problems that would be solved by the basic Yeah, things.
0: for sure. And if you... Uh, yeah, I feel like most people have had this like after a... Especially like after a hard workout and then you shower and then you just, you know, just sit down or something and you notice you're much more calm and still. And it's... I, I noticed the the most I noticed this was when... The first time I went to the gym, actually. I, rem- I remember this vividly. I went and I did like bench press and shoulders and something something else. Abs, maybe. And I remember like, walk- like taking a shower and walking out of the gym. And it- no thoughts in my mind, literally. I was just like, I'm starving right now. But it- apart from that, nothing on my mind. And <laughs> I remember I went and I ate a burger. Which, you know, not the best for my body. But despite that, it was... It is, it's first of all one of the best meals of my life but then it, once that like hunger was satisfied it was like i'm very calm and still right now it's like life and of course I, I don't think any of us are advocating for like deep depression it's that's not probably the first thing you should do but it does it definitely helps for Actually,
1: how i kind of disagree with that i've 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 seen jordan peterson even give the example like if you are In a really bad place and and really depressed, you know, one of the most basic things you can start by doing is like it's changing the way you you eat, you know. That's the some like that's like I think in his practice, that's the first thing he recommends to his patients. You know, it's like to gain some kind of order in their life, because when someone's depressed, usually it's like it's a very chaotic life. There's no routine. It's very like. uh, Yeah. Okay. So okay. So I'll restructure. Actually, I'll restructure what I was saying.
0: um So the depression case, I wouldn't say that's gonna solve your problem i'll yeah, put it like yeah, that obviously it's a good but story. but yeah but if you're for most people who are not depressed at least in those extremes just try it and you'll see it's 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 incredible because i feel like a lot of problems do have simple solutions they're just hard solutions like if you're if you're you know you don't you hate your life there's no purpose or apparent purpose right now to it you don't know what to do like a, a good thing you can do is just go run which anyone can do, without yeah. having to buy me- gym membership or whatever, You yeah. can just put or some even shorts just walk, on. You
1: know? Yeah, it's like it's it's so basic, and I think that's a good segue to the next chapter, which is actually yeah, let's like take perfect. A walk. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and yeah, and in this chapter, you know, <clears throat> it really talks about how a lot of these famous personalities throughout history they did their best work while walking. He starts by giving the example of. Of uh, Kierkegaard, which is a very famous like psychologist and I don't know, philosopher maybe, but yeah, psychologist for sure. And you know, he gives it, Nietzsche also they, they gives that example and lots of other people like Martin Luther King and and you know, I think everyone was like a as a really successful individual it reaches this conclusion because you know it works. You know, when we are physically active, when you when we're walking, at least for me, like when, whenever I'm like you know I start the day off bad you know let's say i just like maybe I, I fail at my morning routine i'm kind of procrastinating on my phone watching youtube whatever what's like if in those cases where i catch myself doing that the only solution that i know that will work is for me to go out and have a walk and then come back because if i try to transition straight from youtube to studying it's it's almost impossible for me mm-hmm. i need and but, but if i go for that walk first it becomes really much more accessible for me to then come back it's like It's like your body, in your mind needs that to to properly function. It needs that, actually.
0: And also, like, a little apart. A thing that also helped me a lot, not walking, but this kind of helps. And for me, it works going straight from YouTube to working, which is put a timer for, like, 10 minutes. Once that rings, I just turn on studying music, and then I get to it. And it's, like, my brain. But it's, like, the same concept where it's, like, there's a clear shift in your brain. It's like, oh, that rang, it's over. Done. And, yeah. 'Cause I feel like a lot of times it's actually, yeah, okay, I'll go into that. A lot of times, just finish this procrastination thing, it's it's like people first of all, they overestimate what they can do. They think like, yeah, today I'm gonna achieve all these ten tasks, and then because you're overwhelmed, you do none. But then when you when you're doing one, make sure you're just doing that one. Because if you're like always going, Oh, and now I'm gonna check email, and then I'm Instagram, and now I'm back to writing, then your writing is gonna be shitty. And that, there's no way around it. Because because your focus is all split, and and I think it's been proven that just a single uh, a single notification on your phone that you notice is enough to like like take you out of flow state and which takes around fifteen minutes to get into again. So if you're always getting notifications, always getting shit, pardon me, it's gonna be very hard to to actually do like to go deep into your work because then it's just gonna be splattered all around. But I'm um, going more to the the walking thing, I feel like for me, this is one of the biggest to kind of find stillness. And I was actually t- telling Tiago a funny story before I got into where I was I had one of those days, like super tired, drank too much coffee, kind of my, my muscles were hurting from working out. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and for some dumbass reason, I went to Google to, I typed all my symptoms, like, Oh my my heart's racing a bit faster and my vision is a bit blurred and my arms kinda hurt. So apparently I was having a heart attack. (laughs) That's what what Google told me. And um but then I I was like I was kinda panicking the whole day. Or for a few hours, then I was like, okay, I can't work like this. So I just went for a walk. And during that walk, and because now I'm in Budapest right now and it had snowed, but it was sunny that day, um, so the this park close to me was full of snow. Everything was covered in snow. And it was just so peaceful, like just dogs running around and kids going down the hill with a sled. It was just like very, I don't know, like a lot of harmony. Mm-hmm. And I, it, almost immediately I was in that still state. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I got home and I was panicking again, but you know. Mm-hmm. But for, for that 30 minutes or 40 that I was walking, it's like my internal state was much better. And then even if I was panicking after... It was not as much, so yeah. I, I will say to like everyone listening, it's it's probably one of those things that you don't won't ever feel like doing it. Almost like meditation when you're starting, because it's like, oh, go for a walk now, just just walk. Yeah. It it feels very purposeless, kind of. Mm-hmm. But but like cer- just try it.
1: Yeah, to a certain degree, it needs to be purposeless. You know, you're not, you're not going on a walk like the way Brian Olliday describes it. You're not you're not going to listen to music, listen to a podcast. You are walking just because of the act of walking, you know? And the reason being behind that, I think, is, you know, when you walk without any external stimuli happening to your mind, it's kind of like meditation, you know? For me, it's like when I when I get walking without anything, I start to wonder in, in my thoughts. I start to, like, think, you know? There's room in your mind to think. And yeah. that's very difficult doing, by, because sitting down, you always have, like, all these external stimuli going on around your computer your phone yes there's always something to reach out for if you're walking outside but you're not like if you especially if you leave your phone at home there's like nothing to, to really stop you in from that thinking mindset and and besides that you know just adding the benefits of walking you know just how, how, people don't walk enough you know we're very sedentary yeah. individuals and yeah. just by you just be surprised by how better you feel you know how better yeah. you're, like aches and pains start to going away I'll better you, you physically feel vitality you know it's just combining the the good to the useful you know just it's good for your mind it's good for your body and i mean anything that's good for your mind i think is going to be good for your body
0: yeah and the if you're like the best way to kind of do this i feel like or to reap rewards would always be with almost with everything is to do it consistently over a long period of time yeah. so start slow uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Something a routine. Like Ten minute walk, maybe. Yeah, so like you would incorporate it like into your routine, which speaking of, oh segue to the next chapter. <laughs> well, let's uh, which, is, which is build We're a routine. We're on fire, baby. <laughs> which is build a routine. Um and yeah, this one I kinda kinda speaks for itself, I would say. Just the name itself. But it's um I feel like for me at least, it's it's just to have this like this mountain in your day that no, doesn't move. It's always there. You always do it. Regardless if you're at home, if you're at a friend's place, if you're in another country, you always do these things. Because what it does, at least for me, is it, it like, it primes me to work, writing sp- specifically, which is what I've been doing the most of. And it's it's crazy that if I don't do it, it's like I can't do, I can't work. It's it's like my day hasn't started yet. And I feel like what wor- what's worked best for me It's just to keep it simple. There's every day. There's only in the morning, at least three things I do, which is, so I wake up obviously, you know, then cold shower. And there's more than three. So cold shower, uh, make my bed, uh, have food while I'm reading an article or something, and then meditate. And then I go to work with a cup of coffee. And just by doing all those things, it's like the rest of my day is so much better. Just it's, I f- the thing that probably gives that feeling is that you feel like you're in control. It's like, as soon as the day begins, you are in control. You know what's going to happen, regardless. Yeah. And, and just to know thing that thing gives you, it's like very empowering, I would say.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you feel in control because you actually are, you know. You, you choose, you you aren't being like... Because if, if the first thing you do when you wake up is press the snooze button. It's like you're immediately giving up. The first action, I, I, I don't know who said this. I heard this example, it was really powerful f- for me. Like, if you're pressing the snooze button and that's the first thing you're doing, like, you start the day off with a fail, you know. You start the day off by by giving, by, by saying that life controls you, you know. That you aren't going to live up to the, to the standards that you put up to yourself the day previous to that. And that's the worst way to start off your day, you know, by pressing the snooze button. In my opinion, you know, it just, it primes you for bad, for bad things, you know, for you to not be in control by with, and by having a morning routine, not even a morning, by having a routine, you know, you kind of counteract that, that force that's always pulling you into, like, being a, a puppet instead of you being your own master. If yeah. you have that in, in place, you always know that you are in control of it, if at least that, you know, because, and if you always do it, and for me, it's like it's the same thing, almost the same thing as you, you know, it's the, the same three or four things, you know, wake up, uh, write on my journal, meditate, cold shower, and then breakfast, you know, and I, it's like that, you, you've already won the day if you if you did those things. That's the feeling I always get. And that's one thing that I've always done. It's like, I think it's one of the most long-lasting things from this whole, like, self-development journey. It's been my morning routine. And, you know, it's one of the things that really, it just improves your quality of life. There's always, like, no matter how bad you feel, you know, just by getting that done, it, it immediately improves my, my my moods and my, like my strength to face the rest of the
0: day even in bad times you know yeah and i feel like a crucial thing as well uh, worth mentioning is like keep it simple because at least when you're starting don't try to do everything at once i would highly suggest if you can control yourself to that point um just start with one new thing at a time so if you've never had a morning routine just start by making your bed for one week then maybe the next week you can start like taking cold showers or reading for ten minutes, and you know, then you'll find where where it's too much, where it's too few. Like you'll you'll find for yourself the the sweet spot. But I would say like start slow, as with all things, because otherwise it's because otherwise you can be pushed away from the idea of having a morning routine because you'll just associate it with painful, stressful, very strict things. And I feel like if you do that to yourself, it's kind of almost inevitable that you know you're gonna hate it because. It's almost like you're gonna dread waking up because you know there's so many shit you have to do before actually start doing things. It's like well, I have to shower and then I have to make my bed and then I have to. Ah, uh, you know what? I think I'm just gonna snooze five more minutes. <laughs> you know, so yeah. take it slow and, you know, you'll you'll find it out. But a cru- a crucial key here, I would say, is. Uh, you know, not to not to have many things on your routine, um, and this segue is not gonna be so much so great, but. Uh we go into the next chapter, which is on this topic of keeping it simple. Um, get rid of your stuff. and i'll I'll read this quote because I like it, which is for pov- uh, for property, proper property is poverty and fear. Only to have possessed something and to have and to have let go of it means carefree ownership. And um also, there is even a good quote from Fight Club, which is, Uh, that's that very famous quote which is you buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like or something like that and it's true like a lot of times it's very easy to get to like live for your things like you live to pay your house or you live for your to pay your car and and then you're always worried what's gonna happen to all of this and and you kind of trick yourself into thinking that you need all these things to survive even like smart like for most most of the things we have, you don't need it to survive. We don't need the internet to survive. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need, I don't know, you don't need to watch the next movie to be able to talk with everyone to survive. A lot of things that we kind of prioritize, we actually don't need and that they shouldn't be priorities. And that's why, uh, if I remember, the kind of the advice given here is to, you know, to min- to like... Remove as much as you can, is what I would say. That because a lot of the times the things we think are making us happy are just, or the things kind of that we think like, oh, this is leading to my happiness. It's actually doing the opposite. Sometimes like you buying a house and being in debt, even like that's your dream since forever owning a house, that may be more detrimental to your mental health because you're always stressed. Like, oh, if I get, what if I get fired and I don't have money to pay the house. As opposed to just raining and then, you know, nothing happens. You just mm-hmm. move out, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and with, with like with most things, I think the best way to approach this and the way I've done it in my life, I first heard about this through to Tim Ferriss. You know, he, he specifically set this, like, days where he would go with as minimum things as possible. And he picked it up from Stoic Philosophy. And and the way you start, and that's like a great way to do it, you know, by just choose like this specific period of time where you'll go without whatever you you think you you do well to go without it may be social media it may be your phone um like basic thing like minor luxuries like a car you know hot hot water you choose whatever the the, like type of comfort that isn't required but you have and by doing it like on a a small like like by doing it as an uh, it means like in like a challenge way so like you said you say to yourself okay for one week or for one month i'm not going to use instagram what you do is, like, you take the permanent aspect out of it, which is sometimes, like, the big blocker in yeah, most people's lives. Sure. It's like, could I, but, I like, I could go my entire life without Instagram, but do I want to do that? But, like, if I say that for a month, yeah, like, yeah, that's something I'm willing to do, you know? That's not permanent. And then what usually happens is if it's, like, if it's something bad for you, you'll be distanced enough after that one month to really make a, a rational decision, you know? If, if you should take a, one month off of Instagram, and at the end of it, you, you, you like, you see the benefits they brought you, like, oh... I feel better without it. I don't feel as anxious. I feel like I have more free time. Maybe I don't even want to go back to it, you know. Or maybe you go back into it, you are know, like, okay, yeah, I, and I, I know. I think I can control myself. I know how to use it in a way that will make me, like, still give me benefits. And then you come back with, a, with like, a, a reframed sense of, of like, a, a reframed mindset, I guess. Or you completely abandon it, you know. But that way you consciously make a decision. And that's the most important thing with any of these small luxuries that you consciously decide how you use it and that you, you are using it in a way that improves your life.
0: Yeah, Because if you don't, it's very easy to just, for all of these things, just be noise in your mind kind of thing. If you're always worried about unimportant things and it's it's the same thing as like, if, you, if you're always on Instagram, you never have time to, to think or to do anything. If you're always it's and and I feel like the, the main point is just... It's t- like to let go of the need to have all these things. It's because you can have things. You're always going to have things. I don't think any of us here is advocating for you to sell everything you have and go to live with the monks. But it's... But you should not be that worried that your white Nikes are going to get uh, full of dirt or something. That shouldn't be a fucking... In my opinion, that shouldn't be a concern in your mind. Because it's so irrelevant. It's... It's whatever. At, Irrelevant. It, it's kind of like, at the end of the day, it's it's very insignificant. But a lot of times, why I feel like we put so much priority into these things is because we never actually take the time to think about it. Because there's always going to parties and we're with friends and then we're on Instagram, on YouTube, and then we take our headphones off and we go to sleep. And there's never a, an alone moment. And that's why, you know, we should seek solitude. Which by coincidence or not, is the next chapter. <laughs> oh. So yeah, Six Solitude, the next chapter. And I feel like, honestly, this one is... I feel like a lot of the others are not required, but this one is absolutely required for stillness. Like, you need to to be alone. Which is... And a lot of times I feel like people are... They don't like this kind of idea of being just alone doing nothing because it's, it's like loneliness. But, it's, but if it's you choosing conscience, I don't think consciously choosing to be in solitude, to be alone, I don't think there's anything better. To just be with yourself, to be with your own thoughts, refresh, so then you can go and talk to people and you can go and to your normal life, but with a, a much better sense of who you are, I would say. Because until you sit down with yourself, do you really know who you are? Because all those, the thoughts that are popping into our mind, we don't really control for the most part. So until we like we kind of sit down and crucially look at it, it's like bro we don't we don't know what we're doing here
1: I have mixed opinions about this chapter, not about the chapter itself because I completely agree with the idea that you need solitude for you to have a a, a balanced life but I also think that the people who are listening to this podcast they I think they take that message to heart even a bit too much. I think most people that listen to this really like they don't think loneliness is a thing, you know, they don't think you can feel lonely. But the truth is, like, if you're always alone, you, you're gonna be lonely, you know, you need that alone time, but you also need good social time. And that's the thing I think in this kind of like, uh, uh, this kind of like sector of, of like society, in this like self-help development thing, we value loneliness, we value solitude a lot. For a reason, you know, you need it, most people need it, but I think I think it's a message that people kind of take and then over, over, overdo it a bit in the sense that they, they, they say to themselves, yeah, but I, I just need to be alone. I don't need social connection. And I don't think that's true. You know, we are a social species. We need other people to actually feel nice. If you think about your life, your purpose, it's always connected with someone else. You know, you need to be getting. You need to be to feel that you are connected with other human beings to be, to prosper and to live a purposeful life. That's like one of the basic psychological needs humans have it's relationships, you know yep. and so obviously you need solitude and i think the people that really need to listen to this message are the people that aren't listening to the podcast you know and the people that never take the time to reflect on themselves that are always like are, are afraid of being alone actually they, they don't they can't be alone that's where the, their smartphone helps them you know looking at something even when they're not accompanied by people they feel that like they aren't alone that they don't need to think about those creepy thoughts that are trying to pop in into their minds and that's the people that really need this advice you know that's the people who really need to be alone and not to go to parties once in a while you know and but for some of you and I've noticed this because every time I post like a a quote about solitude or about loneliness sometimes people get a bit over defensive about it in the sense that they're like yeah but we need alone time and I completely agree with that but just Keep in mind that you also need good connections, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I f- I, in my opinion, it's always going to be like a, a balance of things. But I feel like if if you notice yourself defending one of the two too much, it's probably time to yeah. do the exact opposite. If you're like, no, 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 but I, I need to be like always networking and shit, then maybe <laughs> or most likely it's time for you to sit the fuck down. And if you're the opposite, no, I just like being alone with my books, and da, da, then it's probably time for you to go out and actually meet some new people. It's because, yeah, but uh, yeah, because a lot of times I feel like people say that, "Oh, I like being alone." They're not; they're alone, but they're not peacefully alone. They're like alone reading, or they're alone on YouTube. And being being in solitude is like being with no stimulus, stimuli, however you however you say it. Because that's when you realize, and and that's why I say like everyone should implement that. Because then if you, then you'll notice if you're being too lonely or if you're not being lonely enough. Lonely, quote-unquote, alone. And, yeah, so that's where I kind of, I'll set yeah. my...
1: Exactly. Keep it balanced.
0: Yeah. So the next one is be a human being. And um, do you remember exactly this one? Because I'm not...
1: Yeah, I also don't. So Let me see if
0: I can, just reading a bit, if I can... Uh-huh. One, two, three. La, 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 la. I don't, so we're gonna go ahead and go to the next one, which is go to sleep. Uh, and there's a quote by Homer in the Odyssey There is a time for many words, and there is a time for sleep. And I feel like this is simple enough, but it's yeah. like, bro, just if you're not sleeping enough, you need to sleep desperately. That's like,
1: uh, this is so important, people don't. Value sleep enough, you know, it's one of like the most under because people care about exercise and they care about food But they never think about sleep and I I, I'm willing this may be might sound controversial but sleep reigns over food and exercise in my opinion because it's much harder to do the other two if you're not If you didn't sleep well, you know, it's much harder to exercise and eat properly if you have lack of sleep and it's much harder to operate if just if you if you're lacking sleep. You know, it's oh yeah, you, for sure. N- the studies are clear on this. You know, people sleep less, have more depression, more anxiety, more diseases. You know, it's like it's like people sometimes are, are searching all these like um, like I really find it fun on the the, the field of like uh, how does it call it like human acting. What the fuck do they call it? The what? Uh, Human self hack. You know the the
0: oh biohacking. Yeah.
1: Biohacking. Yeah. That's <laughs> Human <same> hacking. Hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find the word, man. Biohacking. Like they they're, they're searching for the next supplement and the, the the whatever special food that's gonna like yeah. That's all like very fun. But have you tried sleeping eight hours? You know, it, it's it's so basic and yeah
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, and I feel like a, a big thing is that we don't like prepare ourselves for sleep properly it's like we turn off our computer when we go to sleep immediately after and um you should you know and i see should because i don't do this that often so it's kind of like you know take it with a grain of salt but i did read a book about this and the guy you know knows a lot about this which is you should one hour and a half before going to sleep turn off everything and prepare to go to sleep which you know it's very hard to do i'll admit it i don't yeah. do that because yeah. it's so yeah
1: it's hard. I, I also don't do the, the, the one. It's very... Yeah, I'm talking about this, but I know sleep is one of those things. It's it's hard, you know, to be consistent with it because yeah. you... I don't know, man. I think it's something like in the, the culture, you know, you're kind of rewarded for not... Like, if you're saying, ah, I don't need sleep, you know, fuck sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. That's kind of rewarded, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's not true, man. You, you, you simply are more productive if you sleep properly, Yeah. you know? Even if you have the less two hours in the day, you'll make the most most use of the yeah. other hours. Because
0: like and so it's all about finding that that balance, I would say. Of because it's like that we always want to be working, but to rest and to find other activities to rest will help in that work. So which leads to the next chapter, which is find a hobby. And um this one is I think gives the example where for example Winston Churchill, the you know, everyone knows him. Um he would one of his hobbies was like laying bricks, like building brick walls, because that would help him relax. It was his hobby. <laughs> For how weird that is as a hobby, because that would help them him kind of relax and then do his work better, his actual work, which at the time was, you know, leading uh, the United Kingdom on the second, the World War Two, and And even him with the most, arguably one of the most important jobs at the time, took the time to, you know, sometimes you know when he could no, not always but to kind of take this rest time and to
1: and, and it's necessary it's yeah. not wasted time if you don't have an hobby you, Your your work will suffer from it you know because you you'll just have this pent-up energy that you not not energy but like this you need an hobby as human i think we human beings need that kind of like enjoyment from coming from a task itself because if not we're just going to be i don't think we feel fulfilled you know and and the, the most, with, with an hobby, I think most people sometimes, like, overthink it a bit. And they're like, it needs to be something that has meaning in my life. It, it needs to be, like, give me something out of it, you know. You don't really need anything to come out of your hobby, you know. You just need it to exist. And, and most things, you know, it's going to make you a better person just by being there. You know, brick, like, did uh, Churchill really need to be laying bricks? No. Yeah. That's probably not the best use of his time. But actually, it was. Because that allowed them to be more productive. At work, so it really doesn't matter what hobby you find. you don't really, I mean you don't really sometimes you may not even be kind of able to explain it that well to other people, but also that doesn't really matter that much yeah because it's something you do for yourself. It's one of those things where you're you're kind of being selfish so you can give more to other yeah. people But
0: I would just say disclaimer, to make sure that hobby doesn't it's not a destructive thing or doesn't actually affect it should be something like calming ideally without any electronic shit, I would say. Any f- music playing, any headphones on your head, looking at a screen. Pardon me, because then there's a big risk of you start t- kind of doing that too much, like video games, and your whole life becomes that. You try kind of escape life to do that, which kind of leads us to the next chapter. Oh my god! Oh, no, look at that! <laughs> which is beware escapism. Which you know, it's exactly that. It's finding, it's kind of finding activities to kind of, kind of forget about reality, because you prefer it's it's like escaping your problems your responsibilities your everything and lo- getting lost in that like to play video games or to watch movies or you know i
1: think this is more common now than it ever was yeah in, in society i think it always existed but now it's just so easily it's so easily accessible you know yeah social media video games pornography everything is so easy it's almost it's i mean it's practically free you know you only have to pay, like for internet and everyone has that a smartphone, you know, it's so accessible and easy and no one, this is the key thing, no one sees you do it, you know, that's the what makes it the most easy because there's no social pressure, you know, when you're alone at home there's no eyes on you, you know, it's only you, yeah. and so it's very easy to do like these wasteful things that just waste our time and the, the truth is like, it's not a long-term strategy, you know, you may feel good for a while you know, watching YouTube videos or on social media, getting some likes, you know, you, you can't escape you, you can't escape real life. And there's this really good quote in the book. I just have to read it. And it goes, you can't escape with your body problems that exist in your mind and soul. And it's it's so true, you know, Th- those problems are going to be there. You can repress them however much you want them. They'll, they will always be there. They will always burst eventually. And so take the time, deal with them or they will deal with you. Yeah.
0: And um, I would say as well, kind of a side tangent, but I feel like a big reason why superhero movies are so popular nowadays it's that's one of the causes. It's because people, they it's very easy to just escape and like oh, Thor and you know Superman and Batman and whatever, and you kind of and all also a lot of all this nerd culture. I would say me being a nerd, so I can say that <laughs> a lot of it is just it's that it's just escaping into characters that represent the things you wish you could do, but you don't because you're uh you know you're not brave enough or you. You don't wanna try enough a lot of you know, a lot of factors. So you just you know, you pretend you're the character and that's it. And and Ryan kind of finishes the chapter in a good way, which is build a life that you don't need to yeah, escape from.
1: That's perfect.
0: That's it. Just which well that's it, that's hard as fuck. That's, yeah, that's it, <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's buddy, you know. Yeah. But not much. yeah, it's not, it's not that's that. it. That's a lifelong thing to do, but but yeah, it's it's slow and steady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it, you know. Just, you know, yeah, that's like, that's like, that's like a a you love, of life, you, know? you know, get a girlfriend, get married. There you go. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, it's just finding, not finding, or slowly building that. That's it because you build. It's not like you're going to find it. You're going to build it. Maybe you're going to start with an hobby, then you're going to start with the sport, then you're going to start building a career towards something. And then if you do that long enough, you look back and you're like, oh, fuck, here I am. But, you know, you kind of need to kind of to give it time to build. It's not going to be like, oh, fuck, I found it. Yeah, I don't need to escape anymore from playing video games. No. That's it. And um, so not a good segue into the next one, but it's Act Bravely. And um, let me see if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. One sec- so
1: this one, was, I can start. Yeah, go for it. What so this basically was... I mean, I think the chapter itself kind of says it, but it's about act, acting bravely. And, and I think people, your bravery, they kind of associate it to those big grandeur things, you know, personal sacrifices like the guy getting in front of the grenade. And obviously, this is like one of the biggest displays of courage and, and braveness that, that exists. But I think acting bravely in our daily life, it just really means acting according to your standards and your values. And this, and not Fall, not failing on them you know and, and this implies the small things and this is like the small things that people that it's very easy to to discard in, in daily life it's like it's, it's you talking behind the back of someone yeah. you know it's, it's, it's someone starting to gossip with you and you don't shut it out you, you just listen to them it's these really small things that you know are against your values you know that there's no purpose for them in your life but you allow them to slip by this is bravery, you know. Bravery is saying no to that. Saying no to that because you know there is much more to life than this and 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 that's not that it's not according to your values, you know. It's about doing the right thing, even if you're like if even if you're not looked upon with, with respect for doing it.
0: Yeah, because also if you do that then you're practicing for the big bravery moment if it ever comes. You know, I would hope it never comes because that would mean tragic. Consequences possibly, but but someone needs to do it when the time comes. Like the guy who jumps on top of a grenade. Like if it, if no one does, then everyone dies. It's like
1: yeah, and that moment yeah. doesn't come out of nowhere. You know that that's a preparation. That's a lifetime preparation yeah. for the guy to jump in front of the grenade. The guy isn't a coward for the rest for his entire life, and then jumps into the grenade. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. exactly. Works, you know,
0: <laughs> and uh, I think it's, with uh, and that, especially yeah, that act, it kind of. I feel like that's kind of leading to the the next chapter, and I want to start with this quote, which is a great quote by Leonardo da Vinci. Quoting, As a well-spent day brings a happy sleep, so a well-employed life brings a happy death. And um, this one, I feel like it's probably the hardest thing to to ever actualize, if we can ever kind of do it. But there, it gives kind of examples of very enlightened, for lack of a better word, people who kind of there's uh reports of the like the day they were dying or the week or very close to their death where they kind of felt they were going to die and but they were calm they weren't like panicking even though they were in physical pain or they were you know not their best of course they kind of were able to accept that without any like remorse without any regret without anything just knowing they gave life their all whatever that means to them and to me, I feel like this is the final goal of life. It's to to live in a way that allows you to reach the end like this. Because the truth is, no one is prepared to die. No one. Like, <laughs> when I had that little heart attack, scare, whatever, I was not... I'm not ready to go. However, I could go at any second. Any of us could. It's And it's scary to think about that. And when, when life kind of makes us aware of that is when... I feel like at least for me, like we need to be more aware of what we're doing. We need to like to realize and to talk to ourselves and say, like, is this the life I want to live? If I would die tomorrow, right now, would I be proud of the life I've, I'm living? Because if the answer is no, then then you, if you don't change it quickly, you will most likely live yeah. like that for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, it's, Cause, it's serious. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, this uh, Lamento Mori, the reminder of death, it's one of the best reminders that, you know, life isn't ca- some kind of joke, you know. I mean it's serious <laughs> <I> guess <laughs> yeah. like Jordan Peterson saying this but it is serious man you know if you you may think you have all the time in the world to to do the things you want to do and i know the importance of patience but sometimes man you need to know that you're going to die because if you don't you feel like you have, you have all this time and but that's bullshit you don't have all this time you don't yeah. know how much time you have no one knows and do you really want to spend another day living like a life you're going to doing the things you regret doing at the end of the day, man, that's like, that's no way to live. We know, I know we all fall and I I do fall. Uh, Everyone does like, no one's perfect, you know, but you can't ignore it. You, 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 you must face it. And and for me, the best way to face it is to remind yourself that you will die one day. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's kind of, it's very hard to come to terms with it because no one, I don't want to die. No one wants to die. I don't feel like, but, or at least no one wants to die when their life's good, I would say. And it's just so, it's kind of is, not only you, but everyone you love is going to die. And although, like with the new technology, that may not be the case forever. But well, for now it is. So, you know, might as well, if the day where you live, we live forever comes, then we'll deal with that problem. But for now, it's just.
1: And that's going to be a huge fucking yeah, but problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's for another
0: podcast, I'd say. But yeah, for now, just like. I would say the best way to take it is don't take it as a way to be depressed and to, to be so like nihilistic about everything. But take it as a way to be more grateful for the things you have because you know they won't last forever. And a lot of times, it's just the small things. like It's a smile. It's just having breakfast with your family. It's like these small things that we don't really value until they're gone. So while they're not gone, value them. And with that, uh, I close my... Yeah. So... With that being said, this was the Searching for Meaning podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.